0: previously on Unbillable Boston.
1: So I'm 50 years old. I'm at a a lawn party in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and there is a lesbian professor from Boston College who is present. I say, Mary, what is Boston College doing these days to mutilate lesbian and gay people? She said, hmm, my, we have a little anger. I said, a little anger. We have rage. I have rage. I have years and years. I have a thousand years worth of rage. I went out to the college and met with John McDowell. I had a very tearful. Hmm. Sometimes I call Boston colleges that pertain to lesbian and gay people at that time a cesspool. But I guess there's still part of
0: me that wishes that it
1: weren't. Welcome back to
0: Unbillable Boston, everyone. This is David Yaz from Morgan Stanley, your host. What you just heard was the voice of Judge David Mills telling the story of his journey and his career as he became a prominent judge and the first openly gay judge on the appeals court. That was last week's installment of Unbillable Boston. You can find all of our archived podcasts on unbillableboston.com or visit Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly's website that's masslawyersweekly.com and all of our podcasts are hosted there our thanks to the good people at Lawyers Weekly. Now this week we have the first of two installments of a chat with Jay Carney. You may know Jay Carney as the iconic criminal defense lawyer who represented Whitey Bulger He shares things about Whitey during this two-part interview that you've never heard before and tells us some interesting stories as well. I'm joined as usual by Max Proman and Sarah Worley. And if you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we take a look at the city of Boston, the worlds of business, law, politics, media. And we talk about a lot of behind the scenes things about business, how things get done in Boston. And we talk to some luminaries of the city. It's always a good chat. And we hope you enjoy the show.
1: This one's for you, Boston. I grew up in a. Uh... Washington's a different city that was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door fence. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is
0: our fing city. Yes, welcome back to Unbelievable Boston. Okay, Jay, you can talk now, all right? So Jay, <laughs> being such a veteran of talking to the media, Jay Carney started talking before the, the show intro was complete. I forgive you. You're my friend.
1: Great. So. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> um, I uh, was born in a log cabin in New Bedford.
0: No, Okay, so is that that's true. It really was a log cabin. Well, it was
1: a uh, triple-decker neighborhood. Okay. Uh, grandparents lived down downstairs, and uh, it was a French-Canadian na- neighborhood. So, as a toddler, I spoke French fluently. Mm-hmm. Went to a Catholic school, uh, Saint Anthony's in the North End. Everything was in French in the morning, English in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So the nuns would say ouvre la fenetre" in the morning, and uh, shut the window in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And that's how. The French kids learned English, and the English kids learned French.
0: And to this day, you you know French? Je <laughs> ne no
1: papa. pas. petit peu, no. peut-être? No. 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 no, you do well, you <laughs> um, it's, it's like, a, I don't speak French. I The yeah. only thing I know in Spanish is yo hablo espanol, which mm-hmm. gets me into problems. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it, it was fun growing up in a very uh, close-knit French neighborhood like that. Mm-hmm. Um, from second grade to high school, uh, I went to a different school every year. Uh, we kind of moved around a bit in mm-hmm. Massachusetts. And I've always wondered about what role that might have played in my career choice, in my attitude toward the world, etc. cetera. Um, if you're the new kid in school every year, uh, you're gonna be teased, taunted, bullied, that sort of thing, until it stops.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I found two things that would help me. One was a sense of humor where I could make the bully um, be laughed at by everybody else. And the second thing is I knew I'd have to fight someone each year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wish I could tell you that I usually won those fights. I didn't. Um,
0: Now, we're talking about actual fights. Yeah. In schoolyard, we're talking about getting, you know, you have to defend yourself.
1: Sure. But um, what I most remember is being on the ground or being on the floor and the person saying, do you give up? No. And then he'd hit me a couple more times, and he'd say, Say, Uncle, no. Mm-hmm. And I never would. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd get home that night, and my mom would say, What happened to your face? I'd Oh, a swinging door hit me more. And then she'd say, What about the other side? And I kept me coming back and um, hit me on the other side. But the next day I'd walk down the hall, and the bully who had been beating the crap out of me would walk by and do a head nod. And I knew, Good. Um,
0: Respect, right? Yep, and
1: uh, then I was accepted and everything went fine.
0: And you think that, I can see you're sort of setting me up here for the tale, Jay, that you eventually rose to a position where you relished representing the people that maybe others would not, standing up for the people that maybe nobody else really wanted to.
1: I remember one time uh, I got a call from uh, a governor's chief legal counsel. Mm Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I wanted to be the governor's first appointment to the superior court. Mm-hmm. I said I was honored, and uh, I'd call him the next day, let him know. And I realized um, that, uh, as I told the chief legal counsel, I'd rather be standing next to the person they want to bury under the courthouse than to be the person standing there with the shovel. Why is that? I was taught it from a young age to... Uh, really believe in fairness for everybody and I developed an affinity for being with the underdog. I wanted to be uh, the person who everyone else wanted to hate or beat up or make fun of because he was different. He had uh, something unusual or odd. And those were the people I gravitated to um, as friends, as uh, people that uh, I wanted to get to know better. And I also developed a real um, hatred of abuse of power. And the biggest abuser of power is always the government. And as much as it's bad to be beaten up by someone or uh, made fun of by someone, when it's the government who's oppressing people, that's not right. Um, and so growing up in, in a period of time when there was, a, in my opinion, a lot of abuse of government power, um, I found myself gravitating toward being a lawyer who would defend people against the government. Uh, last week, I went back to my high school. I was invited back to address the student body, uh, the faculty, the administrators, and uh, I told them I-, I was shocked that they would ever have me back at Marion High School. When I addressed the students, I said, I can't believe they would ever have me back here because uh, I was nobody role, nobody's role model in high school. And I th- told the students, I thought, what am I supposed to say? Is this going to be like a commencement speech? And I, and I told them, I hate commencement speeches. So I began and just told them about things I did in high school um, so that the kids would know if you're not perfect, if you're not meeting expectations of everybody, hey, there's still hope. I told them about when um, I was on the debating team, because I was supposed to meet with the debating team. Mm-hmm. And the de- debating team was fun and certainly helpful if you're going to be a, a criminal defense trial lawyer.
0: You joined the debating team to mainly for the, you hope women would be interested in you for, for that. I, I understand. The yeah. kids on the debate team got all the chicks. Right?
1: Um, yes. <laughs> 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 okay. I, I told the students about... How we um, uh, went to the University of Massachusetts for the state championship in debating, because we had done very well. Mm. And I told them that, uh, you know, uh, I had made up t shirts that we were going to wear at some point, but the faculty advisor saw them. Um, they said Marion High School mm. and then UMass Debaters. Um, but there was a printing error.
0: You <laughs> can see where this is
1: going. And uh, it appeared to read Marion High School you masturbators <laughs> and the uh, teacher was appalled and took him away from us uh, it was a three day tournament um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Saturday night our coach who was kind of Belichick in his approach hmm. told us very seriously that he was in, um, having a curfew we had to be in bed by 9pm so that we could be wicked sharp Sunday morning we go oh absolutely yes sir we're going to go and then I told the team, there's a movie across the street that's going to change our lives. So I'll come get you at 10 of 11, and we'll go watch the movie. Who will know? This,
0: this was your plan? This was my this plan. This an inspirational movie.
1: Yeah, I thought it would be you know, important for us to see it. And uh, you know, Marion High School, very conservative Catholic mm-hmm. high school. This movie was about smoking dope, dropping LSD, free sex, had Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper. Um, And uh, anyway, we come out of the movie.
0: You're talking about Easy Rider,
1: right? We're talking about Easy Rider. All right, go ahead. And uh, walking (laughs) across the street, and there's a cruiser in front of the hotel. And all the faculty advisors for all the teams are wandering around looking for us. And the coach said to me, Jay, I know you're behind this. (laughs) Um, You're going to be lucky if you're you're only suspended for the rest of the term. Mm Mm-hmm. I said, okay, whatever. The next day the coach met with us when the competition was done and said, no one is to say a word about what happened last night. Nothing. Do not say anything. Do I understand? I guess he thought it might have taken a little bit of the shine off the trophy we won for winning the state championship.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. So I, t-
1: I told this to the students, and yep. um, you know, I guess they were expecting a role model but realized... They didn't have one. Well, it was just a movie, right? You weren't necessarily doing all the things that
0: Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper did in the movie, as not up to then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, so, I told them how so on Fridays, I would the, senior year, I would skip every other Friday. I used to have to take a bus to school, a public bus. Stop at Frumpingham Center. Then I'd switch to another bus. But what I would do is look at the uh, driver up front. I was usually the only kid on the bus. I'd point straight ahead. He'd shake his head and start laughing, and I'd drive into Boston. Mm-hmm. And I'd spend the day going to head shops, like Truk or George's Folly. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a beaded curtain in my bedroom. It was a national holiday any time a Beatles album came out. and uh, But I would always be back in time for sports. And I remember this friend of mine would say, Hey, Jay, where were you today? I was in class. he said, No, I sit behind you in three classes. You weren't there. I was there. And, uh, you know, I might miss school, but I'd never miss sports. So,
0: you mentioned um, sort of the, the spirit of which you, you came into being a, a criminal defense lawyer and, and, and standing up for those who need it most. To me, um, one of the things that continues to be mis- misunderstood by most people is the real role of a, a criminal defense lawyer. In other words, there are people who can't get around. If you know this guy did it, or girl, they they did it I mean they did it and, and, and let's call a spade a spade uh, I'm sure there are plenty of clients who came to you and said Jay yeah sure I did those things so why still are you, are, do you stand up for someone rather than you know trying to work with the government and say well yeah I, I gotta tell you, you know, Mr. Prosecutor my client did it so let's figure out the best way to punish them why do you do it?
1: I love the work I do It's an urban myth that a client comes up to you and says, Jay, I did it. Now get me found not guilty.
0: So they usually don't say that?
1: Uh, I was with two of my closest friends who are criminal defense lawyers. We had over 105 years of combined experience, and I asked them, has anyone ever done that to you? And they laughed, and they said, no, never. And I said, (laughs) me neither. What happens is either a client comes in and says... Um, it appears that um, i did have too much to drink at my brother's wedding and i shouldn't have been driving and am i going to go to jail Mm -hmm. and so you help a person um, by assuring him or her that you'll try to get the fairest sentence if someone comes to you and says i didn't do it sometimes early in my career i would internally kind of snort and say sure i've seen this evidence but there have been um, a dozen times in my career, with someone told me they didn't do it, and I believed that they did, and then, to my shame and regret, it turned out they were one hundred percent innocent. Really? and you know the the stories can sound crazy. It'll it, you can't believe it. I, I remember one time I was representing a, a woman charged with taking a razor and slashing the backside of a guy. The facts were, this woman, who kind of looked like a, uh, well, we, we, we'd call her, a, in the old days, a big-boned woman. Mm-hmm. She could have been in the Chicago Hall of Fame linebacker right. core. Big uh, yeah. she, she was um, uh, a tough woman, too. Mm-hmm. Well, she was walking with her diminutive boyfriend and uh, coming in the other direction was someone who was in, had a beef with the boyfriend. The two of them started fighting And the other guy said, while he was on the ground, uh, my client took out a razor and ribboned the back of his shirt, just shredding him. And then when he got off uh, her boyfriend, the two of them walked away. Mm. I asked her, what happened? I said, did you do this? She said, no. I said, "What, what happened? She said, a car stopped going by. A guy jumped out when he saw my boyfriend was involved in a fight. He ran up to the other guy, ribboned him with a razor, jumped back in the car and drove away. I said, do you have any idea who this is? No. That's your story? That's what happened. (laughs) Okay. I said, sure. Yeah, that's likely. Um, But um, one Friday afternoon, I went into the neighborhood near the intersection in Chelsea where this happened, and I saw there were a couple of bars in the neighborhood. So I went in. It was 3.30, about the time the incident happened. I said, hey, did anyone happen to see an incident on across the street a couple of weeks ago, uh, fighting, and uh, this guy said to me, yeah, I did, I remember, I said, what did you see? Oh, these people, someone yelled fight, I went out to the door I was watching, I saw a car stop, and a guy jumped out, had a razor in his hand, and went and started slashing at the guy, and then got back in the car and drove away. I said, sure. How long have you been here, pal? He says, since about 9.30. I said, okay, great. So I go to the other bar. I try the same thing. Two, two old guys are sitting there and say, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. I remember the glint of the razor shining. And uh, I said, wow, now how could I possibly tie this in? Well, I happened to be sitting in the Chelsea court one day, and I saw a guy being arraigned for cutting someone with a razor the kind of straight razor that an old barber would use and so got his name got his picture got the next date he was going to be in court and i asked the three guys who had been in the two bars to come sit in the court and when this guy came in for the hearing they looked at me and nodded What's the guy then i tried to find out more well my client had no idea who he was but when i asked her boyfriend she said that guy He's dating my sister, (laughs) and so what had obviously happened is he was driving by. He saw his girlfriend's brother getting beaten up badly. He stopped the car, took his razor, cut the guy up, got back in the car, and drove away. Mm. And that evidence was presented to the jury, and they came back quickly, not guilty. Wow! I could tell you a dozen other stories. Well, I get, but you know, Uh, for me, um, now if a client says I didn't do it. I'm going to be your lawyer, and I will fight like heck to prove it.
0: One of the other ones, and and I, I fear that this is going to be a, a case that we, we can't cover in brief, but let's attempt it anyway. You, you once, uh, Jay, you and I sat and we had lunch, and you told me this story of uh, your client who's now deceased, I believe, uh, who went by the name of Harry O., right? Harry O'Sullivan. And, Harry O'Sullivan, and um, was a similar now, this was a murder case, if I'm not mistaken, and it, but it was a similar strange case of mistaken identity, when I wonder if, if when he came to you in the first place, actually, let me back up, because you actually, this is rare, you picked this up after he had already been incarcerated, right?
1: He was convicted of first-degree right. murder. Yeah. It was a Fall River case. Right. And uh, the, uh, the public defender had obtained a new trial for him. Yeah. And I remember she called me and said, Jay, I wonder if you would agree to represent this guy. I said, okay. She said, I really, truly believe he's innocent. And I told her, "Oh, so this is a no-pressure case, Jane. People often ask me, how do I sleep knowing that my clients are guilty? Yeah, I sleep fine about those people. Mm-hmm. It's the innocent people that I represent that to this day, most recently last night, lead me to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and can only be thinking about my client and have i done everything i possibly can to prepare the case well so i met harry O. and uh, i started from scratch and it wasn't a case of mistaken identity it was a case of police misconduct Mm -hmm. they had brought a woman in who they believed uh, who they knew had seen the victim with the perpetrator of the murder and believed that she was covering it up by not admitting Harry Sullivan was the person who had been with the victim. And she insisted she hadn't been. And they kept berating her. And then finally a woman walked into the interrogation room and the detective said, Where are you from? DSS, the Department of Social Services. Why are you here? Because if she continues to lie to you, we're going to take away her children. Mm -hmm. The woman broke down crying um, and said, Okay. Uh, the person I saw was Harry Sullivan There what,
0: was her cue to, to finger this guy even though he wasn't the guy
1: what was he wearing how do I know you saw him oh right 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 wasn't he wearing and they described clothing mm-hmm. yes um, well the woman later um, told the public defender I had been i lied because I was so pressured and um, the lawyer asked her was it being recorded at all she said, yeah, he had a little cassette tape recorder there, which had never turned up. Uh, the lawyer went with the prosecutor to the cop and said, did you tape that interview? He said, sure. She said, did you ever give us the uh, give the DA the tape? No, nah, it's just for helping me write a report. Do you still have it? He said, sure. He opens his desk drawer, and there are like several dozen cassette tapes there of interviews. He's this is done.
0: after he's already been tried...
1: Yes. And convicted. Right. And uh, they, he rummages through the draw, finds the recording, and honest to God, it's exactly as I've just described it. And, uh, Eventually. The, uh, at the trial, um, of course that tape is played, and um, people are appalled. And the woman comes in and says, that's the only reason I said it was Harry. Hmm. And uh, an interesting thing happened that's only happened one other time in my career. I'm close to now 200 superior court and federal court um, criminal trials to a, a verdict.
0: Do you get a gold watch for that or anything? Oh, I no, got... I, should, yeah. This
1: is my, this was my gold watch in the Harry Sullivan case. Yeah. Um, he, uh, as the jurors were walking out, one by one, they went up to Harry and they shook his hand and said, good luck, son. Isn't that great? that was all I needed. I'll tell you one other story about Well Wait,
0: it. Hold, hold on, okay. Jake. before, because there's an epilogue on the Harry O, and then we're gonna take a quick break and come right back, but, sure. but uh, I remember my favorite part of that story was, this was a guy who, uh, I mean, I may be exaggerating, didn't have much of a life. He was, he was known as a little bit of a low life, he dabbled in drugs or whatever, but he didn't do that, and you got him off and you gave him a life, and he's since passed away, But do you remember what you told me about how he celebrated his his victory in court and how he gave you a call late one night asking for a little bit of cash?
1: After Harry was exonerated, (laughs) I sued the Fall River police and the city um, and um, a federal court case and got a settlement. Uh, very very handsome settlement mm. more money than harry sullivan would ever have made in his entire life mm. and uh, we were supposed to sign the papers in the federal court one morning and i said harry how about this why don't you take a bus to boston i'll put you up in a marriott hotel uh, downtown on the waterfront and uh, or some other marriott that was down near there and i said the next morning you know you can come in and sign the paperwork and uh, we'll get it out of the way quickly and harry says Hey, that's great and I said and I'll, it'll be on me that you're in the hotel I'll pay for it I'll cover everything your meals he says great so uh, it's about 5:30 in the afternoon I get a call from Harry I think he's had a couple of pops <laughs> he says Jay I'm at the hotel I wonder if you can do me a favor I said sure Harry what I wonder if you, I can borrow some money I said Harry uh the hotel's paid for all the meals in the place are paid for you know you're all set what do you need money for? Uh, I just need some money, Jay. And I said, okay, uh, how much? He said, hold on. How much? <laughs> and you hear a woman's voice in the background says, $150. And I go, Harry? He says, Jay, please, just $150. I said, okay, no one finds out about this. And he goes, oh, I promise. And I go to my secretary and I said, do we have any blank envelopes without my name on it? Do we have 200? Uh, do we have 150 bucks? Actually, 200 bucks in petty cash. She said, uh, what should I put in the book? Nothing. Charitable donation. And so I send the money over to Harry. And the next morning I see him at the federal courthouse. I say, hey, Harry, how was it? He goes, you really want to know? No, I don't want to know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he came in, signed the papers, and uh, Harry was a very rich. Let's take a
0: break. We'll have more from Jay Carney on the other end. Stay with us. Hey, it's Lauren Beckham-Falcone from the Lauren and Wally Show on WROR 105.7. You're listening to Billable Boston. Is it unbillable? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back here on Unbillable Boston. Next week, we conclude our chat with Jay Carney where he gets into a lot of details about the Bulger trial. You will not want to miss that. But for now, it's time for the latest installment of the game show known as Wicked Smart. And now, and now it's, time it's time, for time Wicked, wicked Smart. i smart! My boy's Wicked Smart. i smart! Wicked Smart. I'm smart! Well, this is cool because we've got a full panel of contestants in addition to Max and Sarah, who are here as usual, Enough. and if I can turn off the wicked smart music, I, Max, I blame you. You just named yourself producer of this show and there was something wrong with <laughs> no, that was my fault. Anyway, so we're here with employment lawyer Mark Freiberger of Freiberger and Washenko. Mark, how are you feeling? Uh, fantastic. Are you feeling smart? Uh, a little bit smart. Okay. And Chelsea Loughran who was an intellectual property litigator at Wolf Greenfield. Did I get that right? You did. Thank you, All right. Did I pronounce your last name right? You did. All right.
1: I think the fact that Chelsea has the word intellectual in her title means It does. I better win this. Give her an unfair advantage a little bit, I would say. So we're
0: all about Boston. We are unbillable Boston. And since we're all inhabitants of this great city, I thought I would test your knowledge, folks, on whether you know about certain landmarks around the the city. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to give you the address for those who are proficient in Google Maps and whatnot. By the way, oh, there was a timely uh, tie-in here, I just realized. It's the 10th year anniversary of Google Maps. With The Jimmy Fallon joke was, uh, it's the 10-year anniversary of Google Maps, or as kids call it these days, Maps. Thank you. Wait a minute. I hope you got more laughs than you did on that one. Yeah. Right. Hey, 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 Mark and Chelsea, just so you know, it's acceptable to laugh, even if you don't think something that Dave says is a Right, funny. or you can just yeah. say nothing and just let me die on the vine. Okay, <laughs> so you get the game. So uh, we have uh, Mark, Sarah, Chelsea, and Max, and Ma- Max already cheated and looked at a couple of the answers, but we're going to start with you, Mark, So, and and it's a very easy one to begin with, and if Mark doesn't get it, it's going to go to the next contestant right along the way and you'll be able to steal, and that's how we're going to play. So uh, so Mark, yes, what resides at 4 Yawkey Way? Uh, that would be
1: Fenway Park.
0: That is absolutely correct. Very good. OK, one point for Fry Burger. Um, and um, you're just lucky that you started with the easy one. All right. Sarah Worley, are you ready? Yes. Alright, and Chelsea, you're next. Get ready to steal if Sarah doesn't know. So what resides at 135 Morrissey Boulevard? 35 Morrissey Boulevard? 135 Morrissey Boulevard. Now this could be any sort of landmark. It could be a restaurant, it could be a monument. Uh,
1: Is that the old Harold I'm old, sorry? The old Boston Harold building?
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Apparently not. Definitely not the Herald. Okay, Chelsea, you want to take a crack? 135 Marcy Boulevard. Sarah was on the right track. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. The Globe? Now you know. There you yeah. go. Very good, yeah. Chelsea. Okay, 135 Marcy Boulevard. You're close. Is the Boston Globe. All right. Now, how does no. this. Does, does Chelsea get to go down No, No. It's a good genre. go to you. So you get the match. Side, baby, you were the game well, master. You invented these stupid yeah. rules. <laughs> I'm gonna let her go again, since she no. successfully stole. Um, what resides at 88, this is a hard one, 88 Sleeper Street. 88 Sleeper Street. And it just as a hint, I'll give you the area of town. It's in the, um, it's in the seaport. I think safely we can say it's in the seaport district. Although it's been around longer than a lot of those other The stems. pavilion? No, no. Yeah, sorry. Max, you wanna take a crack? 88 Sleeper Street. Isn't that where isn't that where 99 High Street is? <laughs> 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 I can't hit this button enough. Okay. I'm gonna throw this one up. The Barking Crab. Barking Crab, everyone loves barking Crab. That is uh fun. right. Uh, I have been there. I have been there. You have been there, okay. So. Alright, Max. Um yes. Oh, he's lucky this is an easy one. 100, well, maybe that's not one. 100 Legends Way, Boston. What resides at 100 Legends Way? I'm gonna say the TD Bank North Garden. That's correct. Very good. Um, back to Mark. Now this is a tricky one. What do you, uh, oh, we're keeping score here. So uh, Max won, Sarah. Not much. Um, and yeah, Chelsea has one and, and Max has one. Alright, uh, so here we go. Twenty-four beacon street. That
1: would be the offices of
0: the Boston Bar Association. <laughs> <laughs> or the the building where Ali McBeal was shot. There are some should, lawyers who work that in this could building.
1: A, just just uh, yeah. But there, not, not 24 Beacon Street. Street. Yes, there are yeah. some lawyers that yeah. work
0: in this building. All right, uh, Sarah, it's up to you. Would you? 24 Beacon Street. Let him revise my his answer? answer. Let him revise his answer. He's no, hell. absolutely no. not. You kidding me? Really? <laughs> uh, that's harsh. Rules are rules. Okay. Um, Fox News. Wow, they're, you know what? They're all right around the area. Yeah, so so. her, as soon as I right, said but, right, it, I knew. It's a, it's a oh. little more obvious than that. I'm one away. The State House. Oh, yes, uh, Chelsea, right in for the steel Twenty-four. My second guess. Uh, Beacon Street. <laughs> I went Very a... good. So, can I just uh, ask a clarifying question? You may. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where did you get that address We're... from, David? Google Maps 10-year anniversary. It can't be wrong. Um, because is there are a you suggesting challenge? the state house doesn't have an actual address? No, I'm suggesting that desk? the state house is on the odd side of the street because my office is across the street, 14 Beacon. Mm-hmm. So the state house can't have an even numbered Isn't address. Well, I think during
1: that stretch they, it goes even and odd from state house down to
0: Charles Street. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Con- we'll confirm after. We'll, we'll take a stroll. Yeah. Okay, just saying. Uh, alright. <laughs> alright then. Moving right along. Great story. Compelling and rich. So, Max, is, is it Sarah's your turn? turn? Oh, it's Sarah's turn. Okay. Throw me a bomb. Come all right. on. Alright, um, well, you know what? I'm gonna stay on Beacon Street. 84 Beacon Street. Hampshire House. Cheers. Everybody knows I name. would have accepted Hampshire House because, um, it sadly got renamed. Well, Hampshire House is there. Same address, I think. It was what was the original name? Oh, Cheers. Not for an extra point. No one remembers. Oh my God, you people are. are oh, just, um. um Bullfinch Pub. Thank you. Actually, the Bull and Finch. Bull and Finch. Close oh, enough. Oh. Yeah, um, see, I thought that was a sad day when they renamed it Cheers because. Um, in deference to the fact that it was like the biggest tourist. It still is, I think, the biggest tourist. Yeah, I don't know about that. For a while, it is For a while, it was, yeah. Daniel Hall is yeah. yeah. And they have a cheers there, too. Ugh, makes me sick. Okay. Um, whose turn is it? It's Chelsea's turn. All right, Chelsea. We have a few more left. And uh, the score, by the way, Chelsea leads with two. Everybody else has one. Okay. So, uh, 332 Newbury Street. 332 Newbury Street. Stephanie's. No, it's a good guess. A good guess. Oh, not quite the right side of Newbury Street. Matt? That's it. uh, where my hair salon is. <laughs> <laughs> um, incorrect. Mark, you're looking over there like you might know the answer. Daisy Picadas. No. No, no. Did you spend many a day there with um, Dustin Pedroia and the Red Sox people who hang out there? So is not there anymore, anymore, right? I know. Sadly, that's another sad. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple closing. places when I was Iconic. researching this that I wanted to put down, and then like Jimmy's Harborside and um, what's the other waterfront? Uh, the the no name Anthony's Pier Four. Is the no name still around? It is. Yeah. Is it? The yeah, no explained. name's still there, actually. All right, three thirty-two Newbury Street. Capitol Grill. This is a Boston landmark. Yes just clarifying yeah thank you you. can't handle the truth Chelsea crush it Chelsea come on it's this institution has been there for a long time JP Licks no it's the place where Dave lost his virginity oh my god no aggressive no that that, that, it is not the 7-eleven and Poughkeepsie (laughs) whatever no um uh, Nobry Comics. Nobry Comics. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Comics is that not the original Novi Comics? Is that not an still institution? There? Sure it, is it is still is. there. It still, is still there. It is still there. Is still there yeah. All right, whose turn is it? We got like four or five left. We went all the way. Around. It's it's your turn. Whose turn is it? Chelsea's turn. Uh, Chelsea. Max. All right, start. Max. Max. No, it's I'll a take really the next easy question. one. Right, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> I guess Stephanie's. You know what? I'm gonna cross though. this one. Oh, come on. Do I give him the easy one? No, no, no. I won't. All right, 193, rigged. 193 rigged Salem Street. This 193 Salem Street, Boston. Oh, that's Mackie Max Mom's
1: house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. I don't know Randy, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Baby, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn. Oh. No, incorrect. <laughs> okay. Um, We're talking the North End. 193 Salem Street. You're on the right track already. I'm talking the north end, so it's... It's a landmark. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Old North Church. Now. Oh, yes! Oh, Freiburger, tremendous! And he ties Chelsea for the lead. I'm, I'm on the, the edge of my actually, seat with this contest here. Okay, we have out. three, just three remaining. Um, And uh, so, so he stole it, so he gets, an- Mark gets another one. So Mark's got two, Sarah, one Chelsea, two Max, one. This is a hard one. 22 LaGrange Street, 22 LaGrange Street. In Boston. Yeah, it's not the <laughs> nicest area of town. That That's helps. a hint. That helps. Uh, so it is an institution. The PG-13 show? No. Um, well, we're just naming addresses here, so I don't know where you're well, going with that one. But, uh, the Combat Zone. But it could be the Combat Zone. It's so funny zone. how Mark's pretending not to know what 22 <laughs> Green Street is right now. <laughs> Even though he was there at lunch. <laughs> no, no, Even though it's like no, no. the number one guess? thing on
1: his GPS in his car. Uh, I'm I might have to pass. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, Sarah, do you know it? Registry of Motor Vehicles. No, but you're, it's actually very close to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You have a guess, Chelsea? The Department of Public Health? No. Everybody's Mark, to why are you mouthing the word centerfolds to me right now? <laughs> why are you doing that? I'm going to guess centerfolds. Because no! And he said he was so smart. It's across from centerfolds. The iconic strip club, Gentleman's Club, known as... The Pink Slipper, Golden the, gold, the Glass Slipper, thank glass you. Slipper. <laughs> I thought we were on there for a minute. The Glass Slipper, 22 LeWayne Street. Okay. How did we not know that one? <laughs> my gracious. All right. Um, Sarah, it's I think probably because you use words like is. my gracious. It would, would probably... Okay, you know what? Wouldn't fly very well, <laughs> the Glass Slipper. This is a hard one, but I think you might get it. So this, this I'll give you a hint. It is in the north end. 11 and a half Thatcher Street. 11 and a half, Thatcher Street, Boston, in the North End. Mike's pastry. No, that's a good guess. But no, she's sort of on the right track. Chelsea. She's Chelsea, for the listening audience, she's, she has a look of conviction on her face. It's true. Or maybe horror, I can't mm-hmm. tell. It's one of the two. <laughs> we're going to edit this <laughs> I part don't out. Know. So we're, we'll edit this part out. So. All right, Max. Give a guess? Uh, that's... Uh, North End, Iconic. Uh, Tyler Sagan's Old Place. No. Um. <laughs> I call, Okay, have, oh, yeah. you got it, Park. Paul Revere's house. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I up. told you that, no, okay. Iconic, North End, food. Okay, anyone? Mama, Mama, Regina. Pizza Regina. There you go, oh, Chelsea, everybody. very Chelsea. good. She doesn't get it. Pizzeria Regina. Nice. Okay. And uh, so, so it's down to so two, two Mark, to two. right, Mark has two, Chelsea has two. This, the other two this question's worth up. three points though, right? Alright. <laughs> who's turn uh it's, it's my turn. It's Chelsea's turn? Alright. This is gettable, I think. The address is one central wharf, Boston. One central wharf. Boston Harbor Hotel? No, although mm. you're so close, but no. Should we go right to Mark? Oh no okay. fine. Central Wharf. One Central Um, Wharf. The Joe Moakley Courthouse? No. Mark, Mark, you uh, can uh, clinch the win with this. Boston Landmark, one Central Wharf. It's it's either the Aquarium or the Marriott Long Wharf. I'm going to go with the Aquarium. Yes! My goodness! Oh my God! Mark Freiberger is our champion. The law, the law firm of Freiberger and Wachenko. And your prize is you get to plug your uh, website again for our listening audience, right. which is
1: F as in Frank, W's in Winter. The word
0: Law, the word Boston. dot com. Thank you all for playing Wicked Smart. I I'm hope you had fun. My boys, Wicked Smart. Stop smart. Wicked Smart. And that's I'm it smart. for Unbelievable Boston this week. My thanks to all who participated find us on the web at unbillableboston.com or check us out on masslawyersweekly.com and we'll see you here next week.